Um, speaking of, I want an update on Drone Boy, but first of all, people have been asking me, have we found a solution yet? Like people have been messaging me and been like, what's up with Drone Boy? Did you guys figure it out? And we did have a couple of suggestions, um, unless I missed them. If you, if I missed your suggestion, send it to me again. Cause we, you, like there was some in the comments, but there's it's a lot to go weeks. through and it's been two weeks. Um, here's my mom's suggestion. Oh, I love and it is, I like a mom's suggestion. It's good. Okay. So my parents have had a skunk problem for about a year <gasps> and they've been capturing them live and then taking them out to the desert and releasing them. Do you want a skunk? She says. <laughs> She's just throwing it out there. Would you yourself? Okay. Regardless of Drone Boy. Yes. yes. <laughs> My stepdad used to, they used to have I mean, is that even pets. a question? Yeah, they're uh, adorable. And I mean, if, if you get the glands removed, I mean, I don't know how much time you want to put into this skunk situation, but, but for revenge purposes, my mom was like, there is nothing. So last year, Chip was staying with them and he got skunked oh, and he stunk for a month and a half. And we did all the tricks, you know, with the baking soda and peroxide, the toilet, no, not toilet, tomato. <laughs> oh my God, I just have a stroke. <laughs> the tomato juice and all that. We tried everything and he still stunk to high heaven. So, so did you try Febreze? We did not try Febreze. Because this is the secret lesson that I learned when my dog got skunked when I was living in Indiana. And it was like the middle of the night. Like I'd taken him out late at night and I was like, I'm living in an apartment, no tomato juice. I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? So first I did try to wash him with salsa. Because <laughs> <laughs> you washed him with salsa. <laughs> because it was literally the only tomato-based product that I had. Sure. It did not work. No. Just FYI. <laughs> But then, um, what is it? Was it a chunky? I mean, it was a chunky. There's your problem. It was a paste picante. <laughs> paste picante does not work. And then I tried, you know, all the things. But then um, I had some Febreze, as one does when one is a graduate student. Yeah. And I just Febreze the shit out of him, and it completely took it away. All right. Now we know. So, well, and I thought, you know, know, it's probably terrible. It's probably. It's probably- very toxic it probably isn't great but i was in a yeah in the middle of the night well my and so we were out of town and my mom called and she was like chip got and he got sprayed by a a skunk you could fit in your hand it was a baby because they have a bunch of babies back back there and my mom said that he ran over barking and the skunk was just like (laughs) (laughs) poop just like i don't care and then she was like "Ah!" so yeah so if you want a skunk Like, does the guy ever leave his garage open? I'm just postulating here. He does occasionally leave his garage open. Yeah. It's just a thought. It's just yeah. a thought, you know? Like, if you release it into the neighborhood, it's everybody's problem. But if you release it into his house... <laughs> Again, we talked about... Wrap it up like not a present. Not having access for, for okay, the house. Okay, the house is an issue. Okay. No, well, but just throw it... My because mom, he has cameras. Or supposedly, you know, he has a sign on his house. That Could says, you give it to him as a gift? <laughs> well, let's let's spitball some other <laughs> options. I'll tell my mom to hang out. Hang on to this guy just in case. Yeah, don't take so it. They actually completely. trapped in the last. So they started trapping him. They trapped fourteen skunks. What? Yeah, in like six months. What part of town are they? They're just down the road. We're all neighbors. They live just uh just down the road. I must have the street. I feel like. I haven't smelled a skunk in a while. And I feel like it used to be something that, you know, not infrequently did I smell. Like once a month. It, we, okay, we, like, since we've been here, we've smelled one once. 
but there's a lot of wild, like tons of wildlife around here. There's right. a ton of like, if you take a walk in the morning, there's so many rabbits. Yeah. There's like just loose rabbits and skunks. And so, and, but we live by a couple of fields and stuff. So I wonder if that has something to do with it. So yeah, there's, you don't smell them as much as you used to. I, uh, I mean, growing up in Idaho, it was like daily. Yeah. You used to smell yeah. all the time, yeah. but they've all been chased down. So. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I'm not taking it off the table, like I said. Okay. Well, um, you know, all options are other still people, up. other people have thrown suggestions out there too. Um, but uh, some of them were stuff that I was like, yeah, well, we don't want Jocelyn to go to jail. So. Right. And I did find out that shooting anything that resembles a gun, um, especially at a drone, like this is tried and tested. Okay. Would be on me. Okay. And potentially if it was an actual gun, a felony. What about, I still think the water balloon thing is the way to go. I think water balloons full of paint are the way to go. Yeah. So there has been some movement in that area. Okay. But um, it's not actually me doing something. It is another one of my neighbors. Oh. And I'm not at liberty to say, however, he is a lawyer. (laughs) Ooh. (laughs) All right. Okay. So I'm hoping we'll have a little bit of progression soon and i'll have something to report okay. but i'm really but right excited now, that it's requiring nothing of me except smugness yes <laughs> <laughs> perfect like, i don't know man well <laughs> you picked up pissed off a lot of people yeah i'm just one of them i mean i am surprised it's gone on as long as it has you know that's the kind of thing that you think somebody would lose their shit so in talking about it with Dave, kind of what we realized was all the people that are really upset are the people that have moved into the neighborhood in the last year and a half. And our neighborhood, like many neighborhoods in Boise, has gone undergone a shift, which is all the old people mm-hmm. are either dying or realizing that their house is a gold mine Yeah, and are selling. So there's a lot of old people who I think probably either don't go outside. I mean, like literally there's neighbors of mine that I've never seen. Yeah. Um, oh, and, or they can't hear it. Or they don't even know what a drone is. Or they have no yeah. idea what it is. Yeah. And it's all the younger people who have moved in in the last year because this neighbor he moved in in 2019 and we moved in in 2019 so um i don't know i think it's that there's been a lot of ignoring of it because maybe yeah, other people know drone boy as well yeah um, so they're just like oh but i think it's mostly they don't know that it's going on yeah and then you know we move in and young people spend more time in their yards yeah you know or can hear things that are 40 feet above their heads. They don't just think it's their hearing aid acting up. Right. <laughs> so I'm excited because something is happening, but I don't, I don't know what I'm at liberty to say. Okay. All right. So my only neighborhood gossip is, um, so there were down the street, there's a guy, we call him don't tread on me. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a, bu- a bunch of flags, a bunch of Trump flags, a bunch of don't tread on me stuff. He took everything down. Like, I don't know, a few weeks ago, he took right. everything down on Twitter. and then he put it all back up. It was after the military comments by Trump. He took everything because one of them is a Marines for Trump and that was gone. And then he put one Trump flag back up, a bunch of other flags, but only one Trump flag back up. When uh, the other day or yeah, two days ago when I was walking, gone, they're all gone again. And two more of my neighbors, because I walk every day, two more of my neighbors, these two old people who are across from each other had a bunch of Trump signs. Those are all gone too. So either somebody's stealing signs quite effectively 
or people were like after the debate because it was right after the debate and they were all gone and i was like whoa and after you got covid too so that's the only gossip in my neighborhood right now interesting yeah, yeah. so um along those lines of trump supporters we went to the animal shelter which is just right over there to uh adopt a new dog which we're really excited oh my about. god your new dog is so cute holy cow but you right. are so good at picking dogs it's a really gift am. it's a gift and he fit like like he's just again part of the family which everybody's like well did you have to and i'm just like no because i can just see how the dog is going to behave and then you behave in a certain way and the dog responds to that and he's just great yeah so but anyway i mean the point of the story is yes that i did get a new dog and he is fantastic but we were standing outside of the shelter because you have to make an appointment to go visit the animal of your choice which we did and we're standing out in front of the shelter waiting for us to uh, waiting for them to let us in and this guy in a giant pickup truck always a giant pickup truck like with brand new tires that's never been right swerves into the parking lot and he slams his door we have masks on because it's required there's an ordinance and uh he comes barreling at us and then he like tries to open the door and he's like what is this that covid thing and he's <laughs> talking to us we're sitting there wearing masks as if somehow he is really like legitimately asking us if this is related to COVID. Yeah. And so I was just like, fuck off, dude. Like, I'm really excited. Do not ruin my pet adoption experience right now. <laughs> We're getting a baby right now. <laughs> this is a really special time for our family. And so I was just like, yeah, it sure is. You know, I just was like, responded to him. Yeah. And he's like, I can't believe this. And he's like, this, this thing has made it. Uh, enemies out of strangers. And I was just like, here's the thing, because I keep hearing this. This is made, uh, you know, this is a very divisive time. This is making enemies out of out of strangers and neighbors and everything. That guy and me never would have been friends. <laughs> <laughs> we were enemies before you opened your mouth. Right. We both so I just want to clarify. I'm wearing <laughs> leopard print and a caftan. You just rolled up in a gigantic truck and, and then inserted your you know yeah like belief system yeah into my time and space and like if it wasn't COVID and he was just like a guy who was grousing about something else you know like when you go to the store and like somebody tries to make an ally out of you in the checkout oh, stand yeah. because some you know old lady's writing a check or something and they yeah. don't want to wait and they like look to you like oh can you even believe this and it's like no 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 we are not on the same side. Yeah. I am this person's side. I'm on team old lady writes her checks. We can wait three minutes. <laughs> I'm not in a hurry. You know? <laughs> I got to go back to work. What am I waiting for? So, you know, I just want to clarify to all these people who think that somehow we all were all getting along and it was great. Yeah. No, that person was never on my team. I was never on their team. And so can we just like quit pretending that somehow this is what is dividing us? Like we were divided. Yeah. Yeah, I think that those people didn't realize we thought they were assholes before. They didn't. And you know how everybody says, like, Trump is emboldened racist, is emboldened. But, like, at the same time, it's embold he's emboldened the left to finally be, like, for, you know, like, so this last weekend is a perfect example when Trump was sick or not sick or whatever at Walter Reed. And people were like, good, I hope he dies. And then you had those, like, 
Like, I can't believe it. You're a monster I, wishing death I, on I, someone. I can't believe you'd say that. I can't believe you'd wish death on someone. And it's just like, grow the fuck up, okay? This is why the left loses every goddamn time. It's because you equate, like, this false niceness with being a good person. And so forever, when you had to deal with the guy at the animal shelter before, right. I think a lot of people, that guy was a dick in public, and you were just kind of like whatever especially right. in a state like idaho because you were surrounded, Constantly surrounded. For, with that forever i mean in high school i remember getting into fights with people in junior high into fights with people over abortion over religion you know just like it was a like constant you know so you just kind of learn to like keep your mouth shut and they think you agree with them right and now that we're like no i think you're an asshole i always thought you were an asshole like we're being torn apart <laughs> <laughs> with the debate last night where you know uh pence was so condescending and, mm-hmm. and talked over a woman and a woman of color and all this stuff and every woman is like this happens to me on the daily he his his dismissal of her was so recognizable so it's funny because the way trump shouted over biden you're like men are not used to that men are not used to being talked over in that same way and so you know, it was crazy and weird, like, you know, it was wild to watch. But last night's was like, you were watching and you were like, this is so mundane. Mm-hmm. Like, just it's the, so fact, the way that he's so quietly hateful, the way that he's like, what? I'm calm. I'm a nice person. I just want to kill gay people. What? God, you don't have to be a bitch about it. Like, the whole thing, I was like, God, he's like such a mundane evil. And then the expectation that she is has to answer his question yeah not just the moderate like any like he would ever uh deign to respond to a question that she had yeah you know yeah it's just i can't i know that trump is crazy but in some some part of me too is like how does somebody like mike pence have a career when you will not meet with women like how how is it I hate that we live in a world with Trump, but I also hate that we live in a world where Mike Pence gets away with being like, oh, I don't meet with women because of my wife. I mean, are you really saying how does he get away with that? Because have you? I mean, it just, like, it just, it's just, it's like, phenomenal that it exists, yeah, it's, but it doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, you know, everything is a boys club. It's just a boys yeah. club. And you can be the and weirdest no boy room. in the boys yeah. club as you long can, as you're a boy. You can be the worst boy. And it's like, ah. At least you're not a woman. Extremely, extremely mediocre, and they're like, "Okay, you're coming with us." He also he looks to me like, like I feel like he is much more evil than Trump. Yeah, because when you're looking at him, I kept being like, "What color are his eyes? Red? They look red to me." Does he have red eyes? He definitely like he would look at the camera, and it was just that like dead eye. He's one of those people that you're like, you're living the exact life you deserve. There's like nothing. You clearly have like a completely creepy, sexless, weird thing going on. He's so wooden. He's so wooden and, you know, no emotion. And well, but also it's all um, based in this, you know, it's like somehow it's moral or um, Christian life Mm -hmm. and like justification for all of this, which with Trump, at least we know. I mean, exactly. Even if you're a fundamentalist Christian. You know Trump's not one of yours. He may be supporting things. You may have mutual, you may agree on some things, but nobody is like, he's a good Christian man. Yeah, nobody. But Pence is like, I'm a good Christian man. Yeah. So it's like couching everything. I realized too, watching the debate, I'm like, man, we're fucking lucky he didn't die last weekend because all the people who just 
cannot bring themselves to vote for Trump would pinch their nose and vote for Pence in a second. I mean, yeah, he doesn't have a death cult following him around, jerking off over his over every word. And he well. never will. He never <laughs> will. Because a more uncharismatic person has never been created. He's like, he, he is funny. Both of them are so, such caricatures of themselves as a comedian. You're like, I have... I have no notes. You're nailing it. There's no satire I can do of someone this perfectly terrible. You know, like, what are you going to take take that up a notch? How? Yeah, how? How? Well, I mean, they are going to take it up a notch because it happens every single day. And we're like, yeah. oh, this oh, is how you did it. Okay. <laughs> I don't have that good of a memory. I, I honestly didn't watch all of the debate, debate. I watched about half of it last night because I was just like, after a while, I was like, this isn't, I don't. This isn't, I'm not on Twitter right now, so I don't have to like live tweet it for some idea that I have that that's my job. And I was just like, I don't, this isn't changing my mind. None of it's interesting. It's not even a train wreck like the other one was where you're just like, I cannot take my eyes off of this. Like it was just kind of like, eh. I said I watched, uh, I rewatched The Witcher. Have you watched that? No. I know you're not a fantasy person. But listen, it is real progressive. And Henry Cavill, Cavill, I don't know how you say it, he is smoking hot, and I'm not even usually attracted to men like that, but he is really, he really nails it. And the whole thing written by women, directed by a whole bunch of women, uh, super diverse writing team. Like, you can just feel the fact that, like, actual decent people wrote it. The whole goddamn thing is great. Uh, don't watch it with Bodie. There's lots of sex and murder, but it is. It's really oh, he's fun. fine with that. Oh, well, then watch it. Watch it with him. Uh, I watched it with my kids because I'm, I'm a piece of shit, but you know. <laughs> But I rewatched it because it uh, <clears throat> it has time travel, which has been established. I have a really hard time with in movies. If there's any sort of time travel, I'm like, who, what, who, when did they, where, who's that, what are they? So the whole through the whole first time we watched it, the kids were so annoyed with me because I kept pausing and being like, okay, hang on. So this girl, they're like, she's grown up later. We see her. It's the whole, and I was like, lost. So I had to rewatch it because I was, it's good that I'm homeschooling some people right now. <laughs> I'm obviously a genius. Oh, oh, I have a note. I showed I showed the crowd earlier. I found this. This is my joke notebook, which I haven't cracked in seven months. But I found a note that says, I'm a genius. Signed, Ian Carmel. Read and, read and weep, bitches. <laughs> my ex-boyfriend thinks I'm a genius. So Well, did. Did. Well, true. <laughs> Actually, I texted a picture of it to him. I was like, he was like, still true. So still true, America. Still true. An Emmy-nominated... I think you won one, actually. I think you have to say just Emmy person thinks I'm a genius. I have notes. Do you have notes? I do have some notes, I think. Yeah. I, this is like I said, I've been so excited to talk to you. Everything, plus I'm off social media, so everything comes <laughs> to you, baby. Yeah. That's uh, awesome. Let's, okay, let's start with this because, so you saw that I tweeted uh, last week that we had a sex date planned for 745. Yeah. And right? I was like, Go, Emma. This is so great. Thank Congratulations. you. Thank you. And it reminded me, like, we were all, you know, supposed to be doing things like that. Like, you know, make time with your partner, uh, put it on the calendar, make sure. And my partner is calling right now. Oh, come answer. <laughs> answer. I want to say hi. <laughs> See, you should have texted him. I'm with my best friend right now. You can't. We're making podcasts. You can't call. You can't call. Well, I did try and call him before to tell him that I was on my way over. But, um. 
Anyway, go ahead. You had a sex date that didn't so happen. Excuse me while because, I open my water. Because so we were having the thing that happens when you're parents and stuff. It's like we were kept being like horny, but then you get into bed and you both fall asleep, you know? And then that happened like two or three nights in a row. And then I am, uh, I'm a little bitch about that. Not, I think honestly, just because um, part of it is, you know, I start to get grumpy, grumpy, horny, but then also part of it for me is that I just kind of like to have something to complain about in a relationship. I really like to be able to be like, meh, meh, meh. So it was just nice to be like, you know, and also because I've been feeling so frumpy. And yeah. so I've been like, is it because I'm disgusting? It's because I'm disgusting. Do you not want to fuck me? Because I mean, he's like, no, 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 no. We've just been so busy. And like, and we have been super busy and with the kids and everything, you know, it's just been like where you're just like exhausted when you go to bed at oh, night. You're like exactly, exhausted. Exactly. And I'm um, always like in the morning. And then like, yeah. In the morning. I'm like, <laughs> I, you know, I'm not, it's not there for me yet. Um, so we were like, okay, 740. He said, how about this? 745 tomorrow sex date we're doing it we're having a sex date and I was like okay so I did I did all the business okay I shaved I exfoliated my butt like a stripper you know because now you don't just have to worry about your face now there's all these articles that are like how to have a stripper butt and you're like this too I have to fucking worry about my butt now too Jesus everything was shiny and I I moisturized and I did the whole thing I was like all right, sex date. And that was why I was gassed up. Calvin was asking. I didn't tell him because I'm like, fuck your stepdad is why. Because I, I was taking them over to a play date, um, which I'm, I'm sure they'd love me calling that uh, a play date. But I was like, we're going to, they're gone. Arthur was online gaming downstairs. I was like, we're sex dating. And he came upstairs and I was like, you know what we're doing tonight? And he was like, what? And I'm like, 745. And he was like, um... I don't know. Do we have to pick up the kids? And I was like, we have a fucking sex date. And he was like, oh no. So of course I was like, you forgot our sex date. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. Um, and then I hassled him about it. And then we started to fool. He was like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, I just, you know, he just got busy and forgot, blah, blah, blah. And we started to fool around and my kids called, come pick us up. We're done. At exactly 745, my kids called so for a ride. They probably do. I told them not to. I begged them not to because they ruined Instagram. Yeah. I used to be able to post like cute, sexy pictures and get a bunch of attention. And now when I do, Calvin makes some snide comment underneath and I'm like, hey, go away. Um, so then we had to go pick up the kids. Then we came back. Then they were like, can we get Wendy's or something? So we like went and grabbed some food, came back. Then like, can we watch a movie? We miss you guys. Let's hang out. I'm like, what? Since when do you miss us? You never miss us. You never want to hang out. They wanted to hang out. So we hung out for a little bit. And then finally at like 9.45, we were like, sex date. And we sex dated. It was great. It was really great. Oh, but you actually made it happen. We made it happen. Wow. Yeah. And then and then since then, it's almost like the sex date sort of, I think both of us have been feeling kind of unattractive. He said the same thing, which is hilarious. He's been like, I put on so much weight. I'm like, where? <laughs> in your perfect thighs? Where? I can't see an ounce of it. You're is so it like in the back of your neck or yeah. something? <laughs> He's just like so self-conscious and I'm like, I think it kind of clicked something for both of us because since then we've been all over each other, but like, it was just like getting back into the, like, oh, the that's, rhythm. That's what it always takes. It's yeah. Like we can have sex every day, but then if we don't have sex for four days, then it's like, we're probably never having sex. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, cause I'm gross. Right. And then also I think my, I think I start to kind of forget how much I like it pretty quick. 
where I'm like, I just don't. Also, need. I like cuddly. Yeah. <laughs> reading my book with my wheat pillow. <laughs> Good as sex, that weak pillow. I mean. <laughs> but yeah, so I sex dated. I just want to tell you, like we talked about last time, doing the thing, being like, I'm going to make myself feel sexy like I used to and do the underwear and all of it. And I think that's good. I heard something on another podcast, which was do one thing that you have to do. Like if you're in a rut or you're feeling weird, do one thing that you have to do, one thing that you want to do, and then one thing for somebody else. Oh, that's nice. And I think that's a way to kind of like jar you. Like one of those things is going to make you feel better. Yeah, I think it also helped that I tweeted out that he had forgotten the sex date and a bunch of guys in the replies were like, I can come and handle this situation <laughs> for you, which is very motivating for men, I've found. And I... I think men, more than they admit, like a little competition. Like, I think there's something about testosterone a lot of times, like, that if there's, like, a little bit of competition, they're totally, like, it's it's springing for them. It's biologically, they were made that way. They're supposed to compete, you know? That's why their penises are shaped like that. You've read the books, I'm sure. <laughs> about the co- penis competition? No, I haven't read the that The sperm one. competition <laughs> stuff? No? Okay, well... It's, I, it's, but I think like just that, just kind of him, like both of us sort of being reminded that just being reminded you're desirable, you know, can kind of help. And it's like, yeah, it's supposed to all come from internal shit, blah, blah, blah. But it doesn't for me. Sorry. (laughs) I'm working on it. I've done a decade of therapy to be like, gonna all come from in here, baby. And then I start to feel ugly and gross. And I'm like, someone fucking tell me I'm pretty before I die. It's really been something in the pandemic that's happened for sure to I think a lot of us yeah just you know we just feel you feel kind of depressed you feel sad you feel unhappy in general and for women oftentimes that then is that then is internalized as a lack of self-worth yeah you know like every if things are bad on the outside then I'm always like well it must be because I'm awful yeah you know oh (laughs) yeah nothing to do with me at all oh wait I'm ugly yeah (laughs) it's weird it's been a weird like part of me has really enjoyed the break from the male gaze Mm -hmm. but also uh without any external input i've had to deal with my own severe body dysmorphia Mm -hmm. which i did not realize that i had before like uh my mom has severe body dysmorphia and all the women in my family all women do let's just say every woman it's just everybody yeah everybody probably not even just women because if alex a lot of women a lot of women yeah and i think it affects women in a different way yeah it affects men and I just like not as a rule, but you know, in general, yeah. And I feel like I've had to like kind of start to like, you know, like it's weird that that and boredom have been. I think what you see, you know, the guy who's trying to break into the animal shelter because he's so bored, he's just gonna go get a fucking dog. Yeah, right I was like, now. what was he even doing in there yeah. that he was just gonna protest? Oh, it's this that COVID thing. Yeah, like um, yeah. I think we were watching people like deal with the fact that like you're a lot of your self-esteem comes from external factors and then also boredom we've never been taught how to deal with and I'm sort of realizing I had this realization the other night that like um my life has been pretty exciting for quite a while I mean honestly forever because even when the kids were little we were moving every six months things were like always new, always exciting. We moved back here. I immediately got divorced, you know, started a new relationship, then started touring. It was like, 
my life has been very exciting for like 20 years. And then all of a sudden now it is so fucking boring. Like it's, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not working, you know, it's like, I mean, I'm writing, but that's so boring. It's yeah. so boring. Oh, it's so boring. And it's so boring. I do the, the point of board I have to get to finally write is like, I have to exhaust everything else in the world. And then finally I'm like, all right. But writing also requires um, a lot of emotional energy. Yeah. And I, I have always in my life, especially during hard times written, because I could channel that. And this is just like, I can't seem to harness. Yeah. It's like slippery. Yeah. And so I don't have the emotional energy and I can't write. It's weird. Yeah. Same. I feel better that you're saying that because I've been really hard on myself. I like, I'm partway through a fiction project, which I've been planning to post on the Patreon, but like, I cannot get it edited to a place where I actually feel comfortable sharing it. And then also I've been working on this nonfiction project forever that I expected to have done by this winter, but I just can't like, I, it's like, I, like you said, like usually when I'm going through difficult stuff, I have so much energy and I write so much. And recently it's like everything in my life is pretty kind of, it's like mostly okay, you know, but like the world is crazy and I haven't been able to channel that in the same way. Instead, I just sit down to write and I just kind of feel like. So November is national novel writing month. Yeah. Or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and as a literature director, I should know what it is, but it always bothers me that nanny rhyme or whatever it is. Nano right. <laughs> which I've actually done it a bunch of times. <laughs> so I'm thinking I'm really, really going to try and do it. Ooh, I'll do it with you. That'd because be fun. I have a writing project that I have been working on for about a year and it's fiction which I don't usually write fiction. I usually write personal essay. And so, um, but then this has been really, I can't get going. So I thought, well, maybe if I have a deadline, maybe if I have some kind of an incentive for myself to do a project for a limited period of time, like Mm -hmm. I don't have to do it forever. I'm just going to do it for one month. And maybe I can actually do it. So yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. I've I've done it probably six or seven times. Um, it's been a while since I did it, but like, I always found it really motivating. It always really helped jumpstart. That's, I have written four or five fiction books in that month time, like novella type link stuff that were all garbage that later I was embarrassed, of, <laughs> horribly embarrassed of, but, but it was like helpful to like, just get the muscle going. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. That's the muscle. I that's need that. We need to do. That would be helpful for me because I'm, I'm realizing like, Usually when I would be bored before, I would get up to mischief. I would do something stupid to create a little bit of chaos and then use that energy to be creative with. That's always kind of been my cycle. But now I'm 40 and I'm finding that I'm like, I'm bored, but I don't want to get into mischief because I, I understand consequences now. And I know that like now at 40, now at 40, I finally understand. <laughs> I, I like, you know, before it was like consequences, consequences, who cares? Cause the creativity that would come of that chaos, I would always be like, this is the good stuff. But now it's like, I just don't have the energy anymore to deal with the bullshit that comes with like, you know, texting an old ex and starting a whole bunch of sass with somebody. It's like, ah, even, even the kid's dad was texting me last night and he was trying, he gets that, he gets itchy sometimes. I can tell he wants to like pick a fight just cause he doesn't have, he doesn't have anywhere else to go. Right. And we, you know, for a long time used to ping off each other like crazy. 
And now it's just, I'm always just like, sounds rough, man. <laughs> you know, like I just don't, I don't argue with him at all. Hardly. I like, we'll get into it over stuff, but I, it's very different than then. Like he, he came at me in like a way that used to like really feel like it, it was a good back and forth. It was like a script, you know? Right. Or he'd be like, well, it's my work ethic. And I'd be like, you don't know worth that. Well, I raise these kids on my own. You know, like <laughs> we used to do that nonstop. And now he was just said that to me. And I was like, yeah, you've worked really hard. <laughs> I just don't, I don't have it. I don't have it anymore. I don't want to, I, you know, but then but I also like you have done that, those rounds for so many years. Yeah. At some point you realize like, oh, this just isn't as satisfying anymore yeah. because we've already done it and we're not married. Mm-hmm. You know, like I still see my parents in those loops Yeah, um, because they're still in this, in the vicinity of each other, but there's a, at some point there's becomes a, uh, a break in a relationship that you just don't even care enough to put the emotional effort. I was like, to, go fuck to, your to, wife. Right. You know, so like, battling it. if you like, have this itch right now, my problem anymore. yeah, I don't need to, we don't need to do this. And you know, I think I kind of just feel like that in general, like there used to be, you know, you like, we've always talked about exes, you know, that would contact you, but like, sometimes did you ever like kind of hope some one of them would contact you because you had the itch where you wanted to get into it with somebody and be a little unhealthy or are you just, have you I just mean, been an adult forever? No, no, no. I, I was always just in a, another dysfunctional relationship with my current partner. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> so it was just like, I didn't even need to look back because I always just needed to look at, you know, my yeah. own life. Um, but I had definitely had those those relationships the antagonistic yeah. relationships but where, where it's funny because like there's one that i had for a long time it's like you, there, there's no positive energy so then you just have to get the negative out and and it's like it's kind of like flirting like i had this one ex for a long time who um like super toxic relationship not a healthy sex was pretty great but like not you know not healthy at all but but occasionally we would still like talk to each other and we're always very friendly, but it's very barbed, you know, like it's very, the back and forth is very like, I'm doing better than you. Let me show you. And there's a lot of like, it's like mean flirting, you know, it's like not, it's not like sexy flirting. It's like kind of mean. And, uh, Well, well, you probably enjoyed it. Like for one of the same reasons I enjoyed it, which was I can outwit (laughs) and, uh, I can really say something mean because yeah. I can, I know what somebody's insecurities are. I, I, I know the thing that's really going to get their goat and I am not afraid to use it. Like, I'm not so nice that I'm not going to say, like crush their soul. Like that's my goal. Yeah. And, and I could always, always outthink any guy, especially in an, in an argument or especially in a, like a heated moment. Mm-hmm. Like that's where I, I could, um, just make goal after goal. After goal. <laughs> just like, watch me do this. I will crush you. Yeah. And I don't think that quickly on my feet in any other situation. But if I'm, if like somebody's coming at me with something, I'll be like, oh, wait. Yeah. <laughs> Let me take you down. And that's, I guess, what it is is like, I miss being heckled. <laughs> I mean, don't do that. <laughs> don't heckle. Don't take that away from this. Is like, comedians love that. But like, you do kind of get used to that energy in a relationship. And then I had it in comedy for so long where it was like, you are sort of like testing your wits against somebody yeah. and like, you're getting to like, you know, I, comedy is very like, 
know, life or death feeling in the moment because there's a lot of adrenaline and like somebody comes at you, you know, your job is to slice them into tiny pieces, which I'm the same way in an argument. And I kind of learned to argue in a healthy way because before definitely I was somebody who could like calmly eviscerate you and come out like as the winner of a conversation when really like nothing productive happened for anybody. Right. You know? <laughs> like it wasn't, I, the, that person felt bad. I felt better. You know, I was always probably pretty good at that, but like, yeah, I guess I kind of missed that. And like, even, even, um, this, this ex who I was talking about, he's been shadowing, um, Eamon Bundy for a what? while. Yeah. He's been like, like do he's doing a story on him. So he's like, has been shadowing him and he was telling me um this was months ago at the beginning of covid last time we talked he was telling me how he's been he had been writing this article on Eamon Bundy and he had been he's like he's a fascinating guy which he's not he's, he's just not. a fucking asshole well and I think he's got some mental health issues oh for I sure mean, he's just kind of yeah and he was talking off. about oh he's a fascinating guy we talk all night sometimes we just like we just talk about politics and we talk about you know uh, uh, about civil rights and human rights and he really is a fascinating guy and he's like i i'm starting to make a dent in him i'm really starting to get him to like to you know bonk around some like progressive ideas in his head and oh my god i just realized that we haven't been recording this so we have the audio from this but we have not (laughs) been recording on the thing we we okay (laughs) i have not been recording this whole time i've never pushed any buttons ever see this is why this is why we need this is your fault you didn't tell this is why we need a producer who's not in the basement working his actual job is because i can't be expected to remember to push every single button i can't be expected oh look and we froze here too man okay we're live they'll find us we're live on emma's phone how annoying and then we weren't even recording on the booba so Alex is going to have to pull the audio from the phone, which he is going to complain about a bunch. He is really going to hate. He's going to be like, because anytime anything is slightly poor quality, he, I can hear him and they're just going, oh, and I'm like, it's, it's fine. It'll be fine. It'll Low be fine. quality is our trademark. That is funny because I was literally telling a story that was one of those in the back of my head. I'm like, you probably shouldn't, you probably shouldn't talk. Maybe you shouldn't talk about this. You know what? Maybe you shouldn't, maybe you shouldn't tell the story. Maybe you shouldn't tell the story. Maybe you shouldn't tell the story. So, so everything died all at once. I was like, shut up, shut up, shut up. There. <clears throat> oh, you found us. Hi, that's Alexander. Say hi. He's my favorite. Okay. What were we talking about? A story I shouldn't tell. So, okay, so skip. <laughs> Sorry you missed it. She told the whole thing. Um, it had a really surprising ending. <laughs> it did. I'll tell you later. Um, Okay, what do you got on your list? What do you, what do you? Well, we talked about um, what I, the guy at the animal shelter. Um, so we don't have any sponsors. We don't have any sponsors. But, and I know you don't listen to um, podcasts, so maybe you haven't heard this, but there is a new ad from uh, Orida about called potato pay have you heard about this no this is the most terrible advertising campaign that i can't (laughs) even believe each time i hear it i'm like is this for real or is this like a joke campaign but it is for real and it is uh potato pay which is they tell you that if you want something from your kids you should bribe them with fries from orida it's like this and then they have these like real life examples like this mom who's like i really want to watch um, 
movies with my kids, but they never want to watch the movie that I want to watch. So I tell them that I'm going to give them Orida fries and then they'll watch this movie with me. And it's like a national campaign. Have your kids never had fries before? Called potato pay. Bribe your kids. Bribe your kids with, with potato with fries. Product. Also, their fries are those weird um, crinkle cut ones. <laughs> I don't care for that. I don't care <laughs> well, for. Well, I like cut. a tot. I mean, they. Have oh, tots. I'll eat a tot. I'm yeah. But tot, for I sure. just they do feel have like this is the most absurd. Like, where did they come up I with this? Like and would and ha and they're like. Using food, especially not healthy food, as a to reward, get, as a reward, which is, and I was like, weren't didn't we like nix that a while ago? Yeah, definitely not a good idea. And also, I feel like we should film both you and I offering our teenagers <laughs> fries as a reward for something because I can just see how my kids would be like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" <laughs> no, like French fries. First of all, <laughs> that's not going to make them do anything. No, <laughs> whether they like fries or not. And that just seems like a really bad parenting tactic to be like. If you're if good, <laughs> you can have tater tots. I mean, actually, where are they from? West Side? I might be good for West Side tater tots. I like those a lot. Yeah, no, know. that's ridiculous. And I just keep hearing it like on major, um, major podcasts. I thought we could get a sponsor. Um, Lady, Maybe Orida. Lady Bits Toiletries. <laughs> They sponsored my oh, last right. tour. I bet she would sponsor us. I should, I'll hit her up and ask if she wants to sponsor. Tell her we'll work on the production We aspect. will work on the, <laughs> hey, just because half the time I forget to record this doesn't mean it's not a real podcast. Tell her you'll trade her for some, <laughs> some talk. God, we need a producer so bad. Someone cute. Someone, maybe Henry Cavill is available. Well, you know, I feel like it's the kind of thing, like, couldn't we pay somebody on the internet to do it? Like, yeah, isn't there somebody? I feel like we need somebody here who's like, you're all set up. Oh, it's turning us turning Go. on. Or they could be texting us like, everything looks good. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you want to be our producer, email me at emmaarnoldcomedy at gmail.com. it's not really a hard job. It's once every two weeks yeah. or, you know, a couple of hours. Exactly. And um, cleaning up, you know, minor messes. Cleaning. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't record half the podcast. You're going to have to, if you can figure out how to, you turn this into a podcast and get to me. And guess what? You're our producer then. That's where you know, we're at. It would be really amazing if they got some other, two other women to like re-record. Oh my God. Pretending they're us. <laughs> Just do the voices. They can do we're all gonna, my blah, 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 weird noises. We're going to give you our notes. Yeah. Oh, and man. you decide where we went from here. Man, I'm, that was a good one, too. And um, I, before you got here, I was futzing with the mic, and I even went and talked to Alex because I couldn't get the levels to go right. And then he told me, and then I didn't hit record, and he's going to be like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Can't you do anything? Oh, here's the FedEx. So we had a UPS oh, visitor at one point. We did. Do you want to be on a podcast? Oh, no, he's just turning around. around. Oh, Darn. Too bad. Man, let me tell you something. Our mailman, what a cutie patootie. He really? is so young and so cute. And he is like a little nervous wreck whenever he, he's always just like, I'm doing the mail. I'm doing the mail. He looks like he's, he's just takes it very seriously. He's so cute. I love a cute mailman. I love mailmen, mail people in general. In general. In general. Um, at my old post office, the one on Cole, that's the one I used to go to. One of the guys was he was quite cute and we always had a nice flirt whenever I'd go in. It's the little things I miss. I miss a nice flirt with the male person, you know? I just miss all of it so much. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. 
I have been sending a lot of mail though, like on purpose. Like, oh, yeah. this is an opportunity where I could send something in the mail. I um I have to get your address because I've been doing letters because I bought a bunch of those stamps and then I told people I would send letters if they sent me their address and a bunch of people did. And I, then I forgot to close my DMs. So then a bunch of more people did. And I'm down to like the last, like, I think like eight or 10 or something. Um, but I have sent so many letters out to people. And I I just kind of stream of conscious that shit too. So people get whatever they get. I'm just kind of like, guess what I'm thinking about? Um, I have one. Do you have any more notes? I think I have one or two more. Oh, here's one I have. Do you remember? Yes, you do. I know you do. Okay. 1998. I'm going to set the stage for you. Okay. Okay. So three years out Ti of high school. Titanic okay. had come out yeah. already. Yeah. We were all into that. But then do you remember Romeo and Juliet came out uh -huh. and it had Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate and, Winslet. and no Claire Danes. Oh, Claire Danes. Claire right. Danes and John Leguizamo. Crazy cast. I saw that movie. I liked Titanic. Did you? I was a teenage girl. Of course I did. And I went and saw it a few times with some friends Romeo and Juliet as when that came out I think I was I think I was 17 or 18 when that came out and I was obsessed with it and I saw it over and over and over and I thought it was I thought Leonardo DiCaprio and Claire Danes were the most beautiful people in the world and I had not watched it since then and I watched it yesterday and did you like Leonardo DiCaprio did you think he was cute back then or was he a, a little too young what did you think of him was he was he your your hottie body you know, I was, so just my type in general is always uh, older, mm. meatier, beefier. So I actually liked Leonardo DiCaprio, like, not recently, but maybe 10 years ago. Okay. I'm trying to think. He was in some, oh, Blood Diamond. You liked Blood Diamond? Leonardo DiCaprio? Yeah. Yeah. That's more my speed. Wow. <laughs> okay. I never like a young, fresh-faced uh naivete even type. when you were young you would always no. like wow okay no okay i think i told you yeah like my all-time number one biggest crush was brian dennehy <laughs> that he's in that he's in uh, romeo and juliet i think is he yeah i yeah. think so. so i was probably not you were hot. salivating <laughs> over brian dennehy i just love he's kind of got like this a no, retired a, firefighter. Yeah, no, I feel it. I feel what you're... <laughs> yeah, uh, for sure, Brian. I'm no complaint over here. So, but Leonardo DiCaprio, I mean, I feel like I've seen him in things where I thought he was effective. Yeah. But I've never thought, oh, he's super hot. I loved him in... And I, but I loved everything about that movie when it came out. I loved like the romance of it and you know I thought I don't know I just remember like there's the fish tank scene and they're like looking at each other in the song angel hold on and it's just oh it's just and I remember loving it and I watched it yesterday and I was like first of all John Leguizamo now is who I'm like fuck he's so fucking gorgeous in that movie and he's so good and he's got this little curl he's who I now he's who that's my type now but I was watching and I was like oh I see so Leonardo DiCaprio just looks like a teenage boy yeah. is what he looks like. Just uh, any teenage yeah, boy in really America, any white average. boy. He just looks like every white boy. Not not really a cute guy at all. Didn't age cute. Wasn't cute really. Like kind of cute. Like there's a couple scenes with him. I'm like, oh, he makes cute faces. And Claire Danes, of course, is lovely. And she brings such beautiful theater kid energy to that role. Yeah. Like he he's doing it like I'm Leonardo DiCaprio. That's what I'm doing in this movie. She is like... 
role of a lifetime. <laughs> you could just feel the theater kid. It's so, so sweet. But I just wondered if you had seen it recently because no, it does not really hold up other than John Lake Wazamo is really good. And whoever plays Mercutio is pretty, he's pretty good too. But no, yeah, I'm sure I haven't not seen great... that since it came out and I'm, I'm a little bit older than you. And so I feel like it didn't hit me like yeah. straight in the high school right mindset. Right in the 17 year old girl heart. Um, and Titanic I remember vividly because I, so it came out in 1998. I think so, yeah. So I was already three years out of high school and I remember going to, like it came out and I don't know that they knew that it was going to be this big hit. They'd spent all this money on it. I remember the conversation about how much money they spent. But my friend and I went to like a midnight show and I didn't have any expectation for it and I thought it was so stupid. (laughs) That the, Man, you're so badass. The big scene where they're like the you know the sh- the ship is sinking and they're I was just laughing. We were laughing, and then I was, I was probably <laughs> in the theater going, "Stop it! Stop! Well, it's no, art!" Because we went to like a we went to like a midnight show and there wasn't really anybody in there. And then I was so shocked when I started having conversations and I kept hearing things about people who were like emotionally wrecked. And I, I was, was like, for sure. wait, what? I totally missed it. Like, I wasn't set up to have that experience. And yeah. so I didn't. And then I was like, wait, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't get that. Wait, you guys part. loved that? <laughs> I did. I loved it. I loved it. Uh, but I was like right in the age bracket for it. And I loved Romeo and Juliet more. But yeah, I definitely was one of the. But it's funny because now my teens will be watching something like that. Like they're, you know, I have boys, so they're a little less into like the super romantic-y stuff. But like Arthur, he made me a playlist of music and it was all like real like heart-wrenchy, like newer kind of pop stuff, but like all really about like love and falling in love and losing love. And I was like, oh, wow, I don't care about any of this anymore. (laughs) Like this music does not hit me like how it... Um, you know, Macy Gray's I try to say goodbye and I choke was around that time. Mm-hmm. Oh, Romeo yeah. and Juliet. And I listened to that. I had broken up with this boyfriend of mine um, and kicked him like we. Oh, man, he was such a jerk. He stole my car. <laughs> really? As one does. Yeah. <laughs> but like cried and cried over him and listened to that song on repeat. And now it's like, you know, now I listen to songs that are like. You're going to miss your mom when she's dead. <laughs> we should probably spend some time with her. <laughs> That's the kind I of music don't I like music at all. And it has been, it's been kind of interesting to revisit some of the music from my life with Bodhi because, well, I, he wanted to listen to music, but you know, the, it, there's just like, there's no way that everybody's listening to music anymore like when we grew up it was tapes and then cds and then ipods and so we were all kind of on the same train in terms of how music was coming to us and we could share it in those ways well that doesn't really exist anymore everything is so digital and not everybody it's just not as easy to access stuff like i couldn't give you a tape right now you know and you could listen to it you could make me a spotify playlist (laughs) i could but it doesn't Which have I the same, love. it doesn't have the same, <laughs> I don't, yeah, I'm not even on Spotify, but, um, so anyway, Bodhi was wanting to listen to music and I gave him my old iPod a couple years ago because this was when he was little and I didn't want him to have a smartphone. And then, uh, so he listened to all this stuff, but he has no, um, 
the music comes to him all the same. And so he doesn't have any context for it. Mm -hmm. And now that he has his own, uh, you know, music system. He doesn't have my iPod anymore. He got, like, he downloaded a bunch of that old stuff. And it, it all is the same. It's like he doesn't know that it's old. He doesn't know that something's from the 80s. He doesn't know something's from the 50s. He doesn't know, like, yeah. he listens to, sh like, um, show tunes from old musicals. He listens to uh, Mac the Knife. But it's all like on the same plane mm -hmm. as, you know, country music that his mom hears on the radio and stuff that his buddies listen to. And it's just this like big pile of music. It's so weird to me because yeah, I would have like, you know, like he will never be able to answer the question. What was the first album that you bought? Yeah. And uh, he won't have. You know, when we were growing up, you had like three songs that you were obsessed with at any given time and you had to like catch them on the radio and then tape them. Yeah. <laughs> or or you had to stay up and listen to the top 10 or your mom bought you a tape, which you then listened till it completely disintegrated. My aunt uh, bought me, she lived in LA. My great aunt Gail bought me a tape. Uh, she got me a spin doctor's tape in the fourth grade <laughs> and it was their single. It, I, it's probably like, it was like, they were like handing it out. And right. she was like, I got this tape at the mall and here. Like, this is gold. And I listened to that over and over. And now, yeah. Or my, like, you know, yeah, doing Columbia House, you know, like mm -hmm. getting those 12 tapes yeah. that I would then listen to for a six month period until I could somehow figure out how to scam Columbia House again. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know? you're right. That's true. So I hadn't really thought of that. That's interesting. And it's funny because my kids, my kids listen to music all the time yeah. and um, they have like really exceptional taste in music too, where like we have a family playlist and whenever I'm listening to it, I'm always like, holy shit oh my God, you guys like good stuff and they like have an ear for good stuff. And, and Henry's a musician too. So like Henry likes, you know, his thing will be like a mix of Ozzy Osbourne, Bill Callahan. Like it has all, like it has so much different kind of shit on it. But you're right that like, instead, you know, when we were kids, it was like, uh, well, I listened to the oldies station, right. you know? So that music had its own sort of like category. Like you like oldies music. And when people ask you what kind of music you like, you were like, you, you know, you'd alternative. be like, oh, alternative, uh, I like hip hop. I like rap, I like old country, not like the new stuff, obviously. <laughs> yes, but exactly. You'd have to, you know, you have and like, that was just like, they have access to everything. Everything is the same mm -hmm. and there's no category. I mean, I'm sure there's still categories, but like Bodhi doesn't know what a category is. No. If I was like, well, why don't you put on your favorite alternative song or your favorite country song? Like literally he wouldn't know. Yeah. I don't think my kids would really have, I mean, Henry would because of it, the music stuff, but like for sure Calvin and Calvin, uh, one of the, the ways he deals with being overwhelmed by noise is Calvin has headphones in all the time, all the, all the time. And he's always listening to something just cause he gets overwhelmed by like external stimulus so mm. easily. So he's always listening to something. And so he listens to music probably like 12 to 14 hours a day. Mm -hmm. And, but I honestly think kind of the same thing. If you were like, well, you know, play some alternative, you know, rock or something. He'd be like, what are you talking about? He would just think I was being old as usual. Right. Or if I said to Bodie, like, we'll put on something that's, you know, classic. Yeah. Um, or something that, you know, that was made 50 years ago. He wouldn't know. It's really literally all the same to him. Yeah. 
And I think just like, what a weird experience of music. And also because music is so formative. I mean, what, 25% of my adolescence was directly tied to specific songs. Oh my God. <laughs> um, when you were talking about what tapes did you own, these weren't the first tapes I owned, but in the seventh grade, I had a Green Day tape and a Snoop Dogg tape. And I listened to those back to back on repeat for an entire year and a half, you know, like just all the Green Day songs, all, uh, I think it was Dog Pound, was that? Yeah. yeah. And that came out and I was just like in love with both of those tapes and yeah, and, and super formative. And you heard formative. them as an album. Yeah. Like now, mm -hmm. I mean, I guess you down, some people download things as an album, but we don't I do think if about I, music I do as if an I album. Like, like when Carly Rae Jepsen's new album came out because I know she always, everything of hers is phenomenal and it always has this incredible arc to it. Hers, I would download, but mostly I song pick. And I think most people do because like nobody, you know, even when you did an album before, you'd have 10 songs, six of them were listenable, one, one or two were great, you know? Right. So, yeah. I mean, but you think about music in terms of an album and that's yeah. how I think about music, but that's not how we listen to music anymore, but it was how we listened to music. Yeah. Like, I can tell you the song order of the songs in Tom Petty's Wildflowers, like... Yeah, I could sing it from beginning to end <laughs> right now. The whole thing. That's a, that's a perfect album. That's a Tom Petty book. It took me a little while because my parents listened. To my, we listened to music all the time in this house. Bill always had a record going. We had we had hundreds and hundreds of records um, and we listened to stuff all the time. And he liked a range of stuff. But, you know, he's an old hippie. So it was like Captain Beefheart and Led Zeppelin and Tom, and Tom Petty. And Tom Petty, for some reason, I think because in the 90s, he had some really top 40 horrible yeah, like, songs that I don't need to listen to again. <laughs> that I was like, oh, I don't like Tom Petty. And then it wasn't until I was touring with Jeff Tate where he was like, you're wrong about Tom Petty. And he made me for like an entire tour back to back, listen to every single Tom Petty album. And by the end of it, I was like, okay, <laughs> you're all right. It's a lot of Tom Petty. Same with Pearl Jam. I wasn't a Pearl Jam fan because we kind of grew up with Pearl Jam and it's like... Well, there was always like those hits that mm -hmm. they only ever played those songs. Once and you there was a girl <laughs> who... And like you made fun of them, you know, it was like... Well, you heard it 700,000 yeah. times. You're like, I never need to hear this song again. And so yeah. then you're not going to like go in and see what else they sang. Yeah, no. <laughs> and then, But then, you know, after I met... Eddie Vedder and everybody was mad at me because I was like, I'm not really a fan. And people were like, fuck you. Yeah. Um, then I, I like, Jeff made me listen to one of their live albums when we were on tour. And then my brother-in-law is a huge Tom, Tom Petty fan. So he made me, or I mean, um, Pearl Jam fan. So he made me listen to a whole bunch of live albums. And I was like, wow, okay. Yeah, absolutely. I, I let it go. I'm into him now. So, yeah. Yeah, I went to see Tom Petty in Seattle like two months before he died oh I'm so jealous that's amazing I couldn't believe that it happened because I have never seen Tom Petty live I'd had dreams about seeing Tom Petty live but I'd never actually gone and so then for my 40th birthday Dave bought us tickets to Aww. go in Seattle and we went and I was just ecstatic the entire time it was so fun it was the most perfect ex like live music experience and then he died yeah and I was just like that's it was just waiting to see what else was going to come out because I always loved him. Yeah, he was phenomenal. But, All right, um, what do you got for, do you got anything else? Well, I have a note that I'm not really sure. Well, Listen. Dave thinks that the um, the Democratic Party should start a campaign for October, get out the goblins. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I was like, I think Dave should maybe go into. Is he working for Orida now? Is that what he's doing? He's in charge of their potato pay campaign. He said it to me really seriously. Like, I think they should have a campaign against Trump and, and uh, you know, all these guys. He's like, they're just goblins. Just get out the goblins. So I was like, I don't think they're going to do like a holiday theme campaign. I'll pitch it, Dave. I'll pitch it. I'll see what they say. We'll see. We'll see. Um, so I just have a thing that says things that guys think make them look hot or macho, but just make them look stupid. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like the big truck thing. Oh, it's, it's the big truck thing. Like yeah. there's so many gigantic trucks in my neighborhood and they all, you know, I don't know. It's not the muffler thing anymore. It's just this like huge rumbling engine. And they always like, you know, speed up as they drive by. And I'm like, I know in your heart, you really think that this makes you look so cool. Yeah. And it really doesn't, though. It's it's weird because you used to occasionally see big trucks around. And now I feel like now that you have all these people who have moved to Idaho who are like, I'm country. I'm now I'm country. And that's yeah, but like, it's like now you have this weird group of guys who are like doing what they think country is. And I hate it so much. I think I hate it more than I've ever hated anything in my life. And the big truck country. And my, it's like a bunch of macho stuff where you're like, none of this makes you look cool. It just makes you look like a big poser. And it's very sad. But they don't know that no. they, it makes them look like a big poser. And it's like the exact definition of posing. Yeah. You know, Dave said that he went to work. He had to do some job. And this guy just moved here from Florida. And he started a business. And Dave's like, it was like he just landed on Idaho soil, went to the truck dealership, got the biggest, loudest pickup truck. It's all brand new. Like he's never driven, you know, off road anywhere. He's never even been into the mountains, you yeah. know, but he thinks like somehow, like if he buys this truck, then he's going to be of here. And it's like, but we can see you that you're not of here. Yeah, the truck makes you stand out. The truck makes you look like, oh, okay. Trying so, so hard. Welcome from Orange County, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I hate the, I hate all that stuff that men do that is all like, and it's, I think maybe, you know, it doesn't matter if we hate it because it's not for us. It's but for other it? men. Who is it I for? I think it's for other men. It's like the Mike Pence thing. But do men other like that men? are never trying to impress women because they don't care about our opinion. They're trying to impress other men. Like, haven't you ever been in a room where you're like, you know that, like, you're you're invisible? Like, oh, maybe someone room? would fuck you, but you're like invisible otherwise. You know, like that's those truck guys. You know, like, yeah, all that posturing, and I'm just like, I don't know what affirmation you're looking for, but you're definitely not going to get it from all the women here. <laughs> yeah, but they don't care. It's not about us. Um, I have wait, I have one more. Oh, I. I have one thing that I'm excited about. Because remember how we used to do some person you hate, This yeah. Week in Moms, and yeah. then something you're excited about. Yeah. So person I hate this week is the people who say they never will wish ill on anyone. <laughs> That's who I hate. I hate Dead you. or alive. They're always like, no, that person died. You can't speak ill of them. I'm like, why can't I speak something ill of somebody who died? Yeah. Like that's off limits, really? In a country in a country where we let the poor starve and um be bur like buried in medical debt to the point where they commit suicide. And right. Once you're personally responsible for over two hundred thousand people dying, I think that you've written off your right to be talked ill or not be talked ill of. Yeah. You're allowed to be like, fuck that guy. My mom, so this ties into that ties into my this weekend mom. So my mom, sweetest woman in the world. 
just an angel. I, you cannot say anything bad about anybody in front of her. She goes, well, there, but for the grace of God, go you. You know, you cannot, like, she's so annoying to gossip with because you're like, oh my God, that person's such a piece of shit. And she's like, well, they did struggle, you know, they did struggle. And it's like, she's no fun. And when uh, Trump got sick, she was like, my mom's a respiratory therapist and uh, retired, but she knows specifically what a COVID death looks like, you know, and she has had, she's told me she's had like constant nightmares since COVID about like having to take care of people in that situation. You know, she, she, um, she specifically worked with kids with special needs who were dying of pneumonia. That's my, you know, my mom watched numerous kids with, you know, the kids that people right now are like, it only affects old people and people with pre-existing conditions. My mom took care of for over 20 years, people with pre-existing conditions who would have died of COVID. And she, uh, we were talking about Trump getting sick and she goes, well, I hope he feels every bit as, I hope he dies and I hope he feels every bit, every inch of what he's let those other people die of. And I hope he just gargles his, or I hope he just gargles to death on his own spit. And I was like, holy fuck. (laughs) Wow. And she was just like so serious about it. And like, I could tell she just, uh, like if my mom wants someone to die, that's my mom's the canary, the, the canary in the coal mine for something <laughs> like that. She, that person should die. She's not, I've never heard her say anything mean about anyone before, you know? So that's my this week in moms and my people <laughs> I hate. And my, what I'm excited about is, uh, we are having a friend, uh, one of Alex's firefighter buddies is coming down. He spends the winters in Nicaragua and he is quarantining so he can go to Nicaragua. He's been quarantining for two weeks. Then he's going to come here, take the test and fly out of here. But he has to stay here for like three days. But he's quarantining so we can like have a friendship with him, <laughs> like a regular thing. Like he's going to come. He's going to park his little camper van here. We're going to eat hamburgers together. We're going to talk. We aren't going to have to stay six feet apart. I think I'm going to get a hug. What? I know. I'm very excited. And it's a small, it's like a weird small thing. But when he was talking about staying with us, he was like, I've been quarantining. By then it'll be two weeks. Um, and that way, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I, I don't have to come in the house or anything if you guys are still worried. But like, we just can be, you know, if you guys are quarantined, because we've been very quarantined. Um, and so I was like, yeah, absolutely. But then I just started to get so excited about like not having to have, like having one person who's not family that you don't have to be con- kind of consciously always thinking about like staying away from them and like not being physical at all. So, wow. Yeah, um, that's he's awesome. not even my friend. He's Alex's <laughs> friend. And I'm like, I'm so excited you're coming to visit us. So, yeah, that's going to be pretty cool. I'm nice. very excited. Nice. Yeah. Well, I haven't thought of, I mean, I kind of thought we should write off the who I hate this week because uh, this uh, section of the podcast, because I can't narrow it down. <laughs> At this point, if I don't hate you, you are a very small minority of people. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I just hate everybody that everybody is hating right now, and uh, we don't need to get into it. And I have had a couple of situations with my mom, but I'm trying to think. My favorite uh, parent story recently was that um, at my wedding, um, my dad's one of those people where he's really, really impressed with, like, tokens of wealth. Like, he's really a car guy, Mm. and he's really, like, you know, has ostrich leather shoes or stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like, um, he's actually really pretty laid back, but 
he has this thing about like luxury goods. Mm-hmm. And so I knew that he was going to be really um, focused on what my ring looks like because he's been impressed with jewelry and he knows jewelers. And, you know, when we went to Africa, he wanted to go buy diamonds and things like that. So I was like, okay, well, so he's going to have some, it's something to say about my ring. But my dad didn't care anything about the ring because I took the um, silverware set that I inherited from my grandfather that my dad had never seen. And it's like silver. (laughs) The entire time we were out there with like the box of silver, he's just like looking at the silver and talking about the silver. (laughs) It's like nobody cares about silverware. Yeah. That's just like, this isn't 1895. Like. Over there just. Breathing on it, giving it a polish. <laughs> and I brought it out, like literally, because it comes in a box and it's silverware and we were going to be outside and I didn't want to have to like have my, you know, parents provide all this stuff and then wash everything. So I was like, well, I'll just take this out and then I'll just take it home and then I can wash it. Um, but man, he was just blown away by silverware. <laughs> I'm like, but I have a wedding ring. Did Dad. you see my ring? <laughs> I wanted to talk to you about, you know, where the sapphire is from, <laughs> you know, nope. when it was made, where we got it. Like, nope, no interest. The Only silverware. silverware. That's the silverware. Yeah. So but look at you, fancy bitch with actual silverware. <laughs> look at you. Well, now I feel like I should just give it to my dad because I don't care at all about it. Yeah. And it has, it's engraved with R, which is my last name, um, but it's not Dave's last name. So, you know, I mean, that's fine. But it's one of those things where, like, I don't want to hand wash and polish a bunch of silver. Mm-mm. That's not my life. So Sounds like it's a good gift for your dad <laughs> for Christmas. So I might just be passing it along. But it was just something so un- unanticipated because I thought, okay, here we go. We're going to talk about the ring. And instead, we talked about the silverware. Oh. Yeah. Huh. That was a special bonding moment that we had at my wedding. That's nice. <laughs> That's nice. And in terms of things that I'm looking forward to... Um, coming back in two weeks. <laughs> yeah, I know. For reals. Oh, one thing that I am doing, which I would like to recommend. Um, when I first went to graduate school, I got a pedometer. Mm-hmm. And I know everybody has these watches and everything where they're um, like looking at their fitness all the time. But I just downloaded a pedometer on my phone recently, again, after many, many years. And I like to check my steps every day. Oh, man. I can't, I can't have one because I get obsessed with yeah. it. I get, it's good for me. I, I had one for a long time and I had, um, I had one of the little walkie ones and then I had a wrist one and I was, if I didn't get my 10,000, I was very annoying because at a party I'd be doing steps yeah. and you'd be like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I just have to get in my 10,000 steps today. But I was obsessed with it. Now I do walk every day, but I have been like, I wonder how many steps this is. How so many that's steps what I this? did. I was like, you know, walking a lot and not being able to go to the gym and feeling like, am I doing enough? Am I not doing enough? And so now I'm like back. To, it's good because I don't have any other ways yeah. to like check my fitness. And I don't want to get into like my heart rate and all that yeah. stuff. I just want to make sure that I'm getting my 10,000 steps. It's a good, it was always good for me. Because sometimes I'd be like, wow, I did 569 steps today. You'd be like, oh, that's not enough. That's definitely not (laughs) enough moving around. And it really is like the difference between, say, 6,000 and 10,000, I would not be able to gauge. Like, I was really surprised. Yeah, it's a lot. my, My walk with the dogs 
you know, was about 4,000 steps. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, oh, but I have to then, you know, walk to the library or, you know, walk down to the ditch and back. And it's, it's been a good check-in for COVID. I to have I'll, just a I'll daily goal. Get them for me and Arthur. Arthur's been walking with me every day. I have been taking my walk by myself, which is really nice and very relaxing, but I've been trying to get him to go out with me too, which is hilarious because he talks to me about Clash of Clans, <laughs> which is a phone game that <laughs> the kids have repeatedly made me download and play with them. And then they all get sick of it and get bored. And then I'm like, are we still clashing our clans? <laughs> and they're like, nobody's doing that. And I'm like, oh, okay. But um, that's all he talks to me about is Clash of Clans for like an hour. And then we come back and I'm like, okay, that was pretty relaxing. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, well, I love doing a podcast with you. It's pretty fun, even if we don't record it. Even if we don't record it. <laughs> it's, Alex I'm be, mainly here for me. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's just us. And you know what? These people got to enjoy it and got to hang out. I don't know how many ended up finding us on the booba for the second part, but... Those are, those are your diehards right there. <laughs> the people who somehow found the second part of the feed. Those are, those are who you... Yeah, and who in the middle of the afternoon on a Thursday have nothing else to do. Hey, COVID, <laughs> baby. I don't have yeah. anything. This is it for no, me. No, I mean, I'm here. Yeah, right? I have I don't... nothing else to do. I mean, I do, but I'm not going to do it. <laughs> yeah, I could write. I could definitely do some writing. But November. November. Nanny Rimo. I'm I'm gearing up now. Yeah. I got I'm in my creative thinky phase right now. So Yeah. Get it get your juices flowing. All right. If anybody else wants state. to do Nano Rimo with us, do it. Well we could do like a we'll do we'll do like a, a competition. See see if everybody can get it in. Yeah. Put let's some, write a, let's put write some, some books. Let's write some books. All right. Well, thanks for sticking around. Sorry about the feed getting effed up. Uh look, we have comments. <laughs> Not really. This bad. Is, look, <laughs> we have to look back through. We made work bearable. Yay. I'm glad, Yay. Alexander. Oh, man. You know, I did notice the last post we had two thumbs oh, you down. Oh, they're saying that I like the Eagles when we're talking about music because, um, oh, and I also figured out how to read but the comments after. what about Tom Petty? Tom Petty. I said I didn't like the Eagles uh, last week on a thing and people, woof, wow. Yeah. Did you know people really like the Eagles? <laughs> people had very strong feelings. A lot right. of white men. Yep. <laughs> All right, we love you. Love you. Love bye. you. Bye. Oh, hilarious. I can't believe we stopped recording. Oh, my God. You can't? I can. Oh, That's just the way Christ. it goes. It's the way the cookie crumbles. I know. Yeah, I so, even, I set it up early. I was like, I'm going to get it all ready so that when you get here, it's like perfect. No, you did. And I it was tested so, the levels. You got flowers I did everything. and everything. I got, I know, this is your cup to take home. Oh, thank you. And I filled you. it with flowers and kale. And kale. Because I don't have very many flowers. <laughs> well, it adds a lot of body and beautiful greenery. Yeah, I thought it kind of just, you know, throws it together a little bit. Yeah, I love well, it. Well, Alex, I'm sorry <laughs> that we didn't record the first part of the podcast, but I know that you're going to be able to pull it from YouTube because you're a really capable and helpful man. So thank you for that. Thank you so much. Love you. Bye. <laughs>